We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome in. Dana and Park's coming up an hour from right now. Okay, important to point out about this next story that there is no mandatory retirement age for federal judges. They are appointed for life. Supreme Court... Any, any federal court, they are appointed for life. Perhaps when that rule was made, they didn't think somebody would continue at the age of 96, continuing to hear cases on the federal court. But that is what has happened in the federal court in Washington that now has competing lawsuits at play. Man, I, and this story just makes me so sad. I, there's so much in here. About this woman, she's as you said, she's 96 years old, and she refused to take a medical fitness test. Um, she says she's fine, and this cuts right to the heart of a couple of different, you know, competing the, the competing nature of our own brains sometimes, and that that question that's completely unanswerable until you're there, which is, will you know when to quit? Will you know when you're when when you don't have it anymore? Um, you know everybody faces this, and with no mandatory retirement age, there's nothing they can really do. But now they're saying that because she won't take she won't even take the test, that that's enough reason to shove her out. And she's saying, no, I'm fine. I can still do this, and maybe it's all she has. I mean, she has family. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's what she feels is her only ability to contribute. And at 96 years old, if you take away from her her ability to judge cases and she's saying, no, my mental acuity is as good as it ever was. How do you how do you tell somebody, you know, even though there are apparent signs that she has shown over time that she doesn't still have it? How do you go to somebody and say, no, you're we're, we're taking this last thing away from you? I hate to be cold about it, but the fact that she refuses to take the tests, but insists that she's fine. I'm like, well, if you're fine and you're so confident in that, then we're just asking you to prove it. Yeah. You know, just take the tests and show us that you're in fact fine. Where she, I'm sure, would say back, uh, and I know what you're saying. I mean, if, if you're not taking the test, it shows you know better. Right. It's it's an right. indication anyway that you know your mental acuity isn't still there and you wouldn't be able right. to pass the test. At the same time, I'm sure her response would be, do you give it to people who are 50? So that's a valid question, too, because dementia, well, I'm not saying she has dementia, but dementia can hit early in life sure. for some people. And so how do you decide at what point to test people? What they're basing this on is interviews with court staff. Um, The Judicial Council said interviews with court staff point to, quote, significant mental deterioration, including memory loss, confusion, lack of comprehension, paranoia, anger, hostility and severe agitation. 
Uh, the order said the judge had also amassed a troubling backlog of cases and was lagging behind her colleagues in issuing opinions. Uh, the counsel said her name is uh, Paul, uh, Pauline Newman. Judge Pauline Newman is having trouble recalling events, conversations, and information just days old and having trouble comprehending basic information that court staff communicate to her. She was appointed by Ronald Reagan. That's how long she's been on the bench, yeah, just who, in this federal court. Who has been gone now Colin for said, how wow, long? Yeah, yeah. Uh, 40 years worth. So it's... It's tough. And, you know, somebody in a very snarky way brought up politics on the on the text line. But really, in in a not snarky way, Mm -hmm. this is coming up um, on both sides of the political aisle with Dianne Feinstein and Mitch McConnell, both Mm -hmm. having shown signs that they they are struggling with their mental acuity and and their ability day to day to to continue. And yet they are. Uh, because the, the same way there's no retirement age for federal judges, there's no retirement age for senators or congresspeople either. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. And you would like to think, I mean, I would like to think sitting here now that when that if I ever get to that point, that somebody mm-hmm. that I know and trust and love will come to me and say, you need to stop. And, and that you will listen. Right. Exactly. That's key. That, that, that I would listen to that and take it not as an insult, but just as a, to use your term for it, a cold reality mm-hmm. that this happens. Wow, she is the longest serving judge on the court. This is the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Federal Circuit. This is out of D.C. It's one of 13 U.S. appellate courts. Here's cases on issues like government contracts, patents, and trademarks. So that's major. Um, again, so they said the suspension could be renewed after a year if she continues not to cooperate. If she complies they'll put her back on the bench. I mean, if she complies and passes, then they put her back on the bench. But I want to go back to your point about, um, again, it's not just the age of 96 where stuff like this can happen. So do we need to have a mechanism in place, some kind of process that can be triggered by something regardless of age so that we don't, um, because there are very real ramifications of having somebody on the bench, just memory. I mean, are they going to remember testimony in a case yeah well right yeah because i was i was thinking along those lines when you read that line out of the article about she's having trouble remembering things from just a few days before short-term memory and long-term memory have almost nothing to do with each other so to say well she can't remember a couple of days ago so how could she remember judicial precedent from 1945 well she Mm -hmm. she might be able to but when you're talking about recalling testimony and somebody brings up an objection and says, objection, Your Honor, you know, yesterday you ruled that this happened. If the judge has no idea what yesterday was all about, then that can be as big a problem. Um, I'm looking to see. So, again, she has filed um, a federal lawsuit against her fellow judges over the investigation. So they're, these two are fighting about this. Who settles this? Where does this go? Judicial review. Okay. This goes to the Judicial Review Board. Uh, it, well, well, let me back off of that for a second, because I know at the state level, that's where it would go, is to, to judicial review. But uh, at the federal level, I don't know that there is one. There, there's right. got to be some kind of oversight, but is there? You're right. Her attorney, Greg Dolan, said they will be seeking review from another committee, although they don't say which one, that oversees the judicial conduct nationwide. Okay. Her lawyer says they believe the sanction is flatly illegal and the process has been seriously flawed. Quote, the Judicial Council has been willing to grab on to, as fact, any allegation 
to support what appears to be a predetermined conclusion. What do they call it? Confirmation bias? Yeah. It's basically you've decided a thing is true. So, so you now look you just for evidence to support the thing that you believe is true. Right. Yeah. And, and you ignore all evidence to the contrary because that just doesn't fit your narrative that you've already made up. So, the uh, uh, boy, and that's a good case to make. But when they're talking about interviews with court staff, if that court staff has no reason to come after her mm-hmm. and they're still saying, OK, she's a problem. I've told her things and she just has no idea. Um, yeah, there, there was an episode uh, not that long ago. I believe it was a Law and Order episode that Jen and I were watching about a judge whose court clerk was covering for him. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And, yeah. And, you know, the, 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 the judge was gone, but the court clerk kept, you know, had little signals that she would send to him and things like that where he would be able to to either uh, accept or reject an objection in court, that sort of thing. And, I mean, if it's a situation like that where the court staff are saying, this is a problem, we, we can't work like this, something's got to be done. Yeah, um, in an episode of The West Wing, that also happened. And Matthew Perry, actor Matthew Perry, played the court clerk okay. to the in a, in a guest starring role. I, so I assume that um, the direction this is going to go is what you'll have next is anyone she has ruled against is going to hear this and then have cause for to throw the throw the judgment out because now there are concerns about her ability to be on the bench. Yeah. And you'll have lawsuits filed by those defendants. It's the same thing that we talk about whenever uh, whenever a police officer is, you know, is, is is corrupt. And we know then that's always the thing is it's like, OK, now everybody that cop ever busted is going to come back to court and say, yeah, well, it was this guy and he, he railroaded me into jail, even if he didn't. It's always going to come up for that kind of review. So uh, the, the longer they leave her there, if again, if she is a problem. Right. Uh, the longer they leave her there, the more of a problem she's going to be. Every court case that she decides is going to come up for scrutiny. This will be fascinating, the ruling in this, mm. because then it sets a precedent for what you do in the future and at what age and how you how you prove it, how you get someone off the bench. And that's what will have to happen is all those staffers that make all these claims will have to provide documentation. And then that judicial review will have to say, yeah, that would have made a difference here. I mean, that that could have made a difference in the outcome of the court. Yeah. Sad. Uh, and yeah, it is sad. And you don't want to take somebody with a 40 year judicial record and kick him in the teeth like that. Yeah. And just say you're done and just decide for you that you're done. If you have thoughts here, 913-586-7798. Um, speaking of things that are kind of nasty, uh, we have, again, neighbors being nasty in a note. And in this case, it had to do with a horrible effect of a natural disaster. Oh. We'll get to that coming up here on KMBZ. Phone number here, 913-586-7798. Okay, so as if it's not bad enough to be having any kind of damage or having to leave because of a hurricane, that's bad enough. This makes it so much worse. Yeah, and a letter dated November 28th of last year, and this one just made it up online a little while ago, uh, where the homeowners who were displaced by Hurricane Ian. Uh, Hurricane Ian happened in September of last year. So we're talking about this note showed up September, October, and it's two months later, within a couple of weeks of that. Um, And they had been displaced from their home. Their home had been, in their words, destroyed by a tree that fell through it and uh, and wrecked their home. And then uh, this one made it onto Reddit just a little while ago with the family saying, look, this is the kind of thing that showed up on our door. Now... Before we read you the text of this, it's very short. 
it came from the the neighborhood where this house is is a place in Florida called Northport. The port in question is Port Charlotte, so this is just north of Charlotte Harbor, which was one of the hardest hit places uh, by Hurricane Ian when it came through. This is all the Fort Myers area, uh, Englewood, Florida, that area along the southeast coast, southwest coast. Pardon me. Um, so Northport is also very wealthy, very wealthy. Okay, there's a lot of money there. So this was a nice house that was taken apart by this tree. And one of their neighbors on November 28th left a note on the door reading as follows to the blank family. It's it's scratched out on the on the note. In our little northeast corner of Northport, most homeowners take pride in our homes and maintain our properties. Unfortunately, your property is an eyesore. With Hurricane Ian damage, your home has been become even more unkempt and in disrepair. Please have some pride and make your home presentable by removing trash and the unused items from the yards, raking debris, cutting, gla- uh, cutting grass, etc. A little TLC and elbow grease goes a long way. If you just don't care, perhaps you might consider selling the property. Sincerely, a Northport neighbor. This is two months after Ian made landfall. Uh Uh-huh. So, I mean, I've never had my house destroyed in a major hurricane. (laughs) But I assume that takes some time. Takes a little longer than that, yeah. More than Uh two months to get that cleaned up. A lot more than two months to get it cleaned up. Did this neighbor not, was was this neighbor not affected then? Uh, By the same hurricane? Well, they must have been. I mean, if they're in the same area of Northport, they must have been affected somehow. But when you have a tree fall through your house and wreck the place to the point where you have to move out Mm -hmm. while whatever work is going to be done. I mean, keep in mind, it's it's not as simple as just picking up the phone and calling somebody and having the work done. Because this is within the two months after Hurricane Ian, when everybody down there was having work done on their houses. Um and and at the same time, you've got to deal with the insurance company first. Right. You have to get the money first. Then right. you know, the work can start going. And for somebody to leave a nasty note like that after a home had been destroyed by a tree falling through it is just, well, so typically Northport. Yeah. Everything about this letter is awful. Like initially I thought, well, maybe they're just trying to help. You know, maybe they're offering to help. Maybe they're giving them <clears throat> the benefit of the doubt. No. Every part of this is snork- snarky, snarky. <laughs> or snarky, either snarky, way. <laughs> and just mean. Yeah, and without compassion, and just again, I'm using this word a lot today, jerky. Yep, and and I will go right along with what a texter just uh, posted, saying no one in that neighborhood has ever applied any elbow grease. They pay other people to do it. Yes, a hundred percent. You're absolutely right about that. That's exactly what Northport's all about. Um, and what stinks too is that they didn't sign it. Of course. So, of course not. Um, so this person that owns the house doesn't know who to go to <laughs> to say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm the one that you said has no pride in their property. Right. Yeah. It, uh, I mean, some of the, the posters after that on Reddit suggested, you know what you ought to do is blow that up to poster board size and mm-hmm. post it on your lawn with a note inviting whoever wrote it to come and, and say it to your face. You know, that kind of thing. It's like, all right. Yeah, uh, this this is the kind of people we live around. This is who lives in this neighborhood is this kind of jerk.
And that really makes you want to go back to that neighborhood, doesn't it? Yeah. It really it really inspires you to rebuild and move back into the neighborhood when that's who you have and just as the, neighbors. And just the, the phony head patty nature of, you know, a little mm. elbow grease and TLC goes a long way. Come on, little camper, you can do it. Oh, man. I mean, <laughs> And if you don't care, sell yeah, right. and move. Uh, why don't you just get out of the neighborhood, you big slob? Okay, this is appropriate, I guess, to do right there. Um, so I've never heard the term garbage juice mm-hmm. before. <laughs> but as long as we're talking about a mess, uh-huh. um, and this comes from um, garbage trucks, which I feel like we're talking about more than ever lately. I heard this term this morning on uh, on our morning show and couldn't believe my ears. It was like garbage. And the funny thing about it is it's so evocative, right? Mm-hmm. So you say garbage juice and, and immediately you know what color it is. You know what it smells like and you know exactly what we're talking about. This woman uh, says that she has concern with this stuff. This is the stuff that oozes out of the bottom of the garbage truck mm-hmm. after the compactor goes through and does its thing, and you get that little that little squirt of that brown, horrible smelling, thin. I don't know why it's that thin, but it's always that old, like watery liquid that comes out of the bottom of the truck. And this woman, Denise Williams, says she has contacted the city several times to try to get help with this. Because she lives uh, 79th and Olive. Tell me about 79th and Olive. 79th and Olive. I don't know the Olive. I don't know Olive in particular, but, but 79th would get you just s- south of Waldo. Right. Okay. All right. So yeah. this is, yeah, South Kansas City. Um, 79th and Olive is is the neighborhood we're talking about. And she said that every time the trucks come through, it dumps this goo all over the roads. And it smells. And it's staining the road surface. It's causing all kinds of problems. And I, I mean... It's the exact opposite of sanitary. It can't be. You're right. It, it, it could cause some problems that go beyond just you. So, um, so she called Channel Nine, and Matt Fleener's on it. Who of course, lately has been on the beat of Everything. the stuff that's flying out of the garbage trucks <laughs> on the highways and that making too. a mess. Yep. Um, and just the big trucks and everything, and then this. Um, and so he says we are exposing the problem because usually it's not just one. Yeah, it's just the first person that speaks up. Right, right, and then everybody goes, "Yeah, you know, they do that in my neighborhood too." Um, somebody wanted to know on the text line if garbage juice is related to that trash can punch. No, 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 <laughs> this is a totally different thing. But yeah. it is. I mean, it is a problem, and it's uh, you know, in industrial areas, most of the places you see that is where they're dumping dumpsters. Mm-hmm. And it, but but if it's happening in a neighborhood too, um, yeah, I mean, that's more than just a little gross. So a city spokesperson said. Of the 311 calls reported, our records indicate Casey Water and Public Works responded by washing the street. Okay, but this problem still exists. Um, all solid waste trucks are equipped with a plug to capture the liquids, okay. which apparently is not working. <laughs> all trucks are routinely inspected to ensure the plugs are intact, except for this one. Uh, Public Works is working to find a solution, especially it- on a rainy day. When there might be additional liquids oh, yeah. out there. <laughs> well, you'd figure on a rainy day, maybe that would help kind of wash it down into the gutter before it stains the street. But yeah, if you're driving on the street and there's just, you, what it reminded me of were the seven lines when they start pre-treating the roads before it snows. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the little white lines down there. Uh, yeah. Like that. If, if you see that in the middle of summer when it's brown staining on the street like that, that's going to that's gonna kind of make your neighborhood look real great. Um, yeah, this is a good one for channel nine. This, this is, this is something none of us would want. 
in our neighborhood to have around, and I don't ever want to hear this term again, ever. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Somebody just said we ought to name our band Garbage Juice. <laughs> right? <laughs> we might consider yes. it. I mean, yeah, we could do that. Yeah. Um, hopefully the city is taking this very seriously Oof. and inspecting all of their trucks and making sure that, that this doesn't keep happening. So. Please. If you have thoughts here, 913-586-7798. We'll be back a couple minutes here on KMBZ. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. So the city says they are addressing it. The problem of, quote, garbage juice coming from garbage trucks that go down city streets. Now, we've gotten a number of texts. We'll get to the phones here in a second, but we've gotten a number of texts from people who are involved in that. Uh, some of you who say you are drivers, one of whom said, yeah, there's a reason why it's called a solid waste truck. You're not supposed <laughs> to throw liquids in your in your trash can, so if you're doing that, you're part of the problem. Yeah, it, I mean, nobody gets all the milk out of the container, right? So there's always going to be a little bit. Uh, somebody else said... The, that those trucks have seals around the bottom that help some, but they're only going to be able to do so much. Um, and somebody else mentioned, yeah, that if you put enough of that stuff on the street, you're drawing every rat in the world to your neighborhood to go follow the smell. Yeah, valid stuff. Let's go to Stephen Blue Springs to see what he's thinking about. Hey, Steve. Hey, how you doing? Doing all right. What's on your mind, Steve? Uh, I called in Blue Springs about this because of the liquid that comes out of the trucks. It stains the streets all in front of your house and everything, mm -hmm. which is a mess. And I called the police department on it, and they said you can actually get the truck to, the truck number or license plate and charge them with littering. Over the goo that comes out of the truck? No kidding. Yeah. They can charge them with littering for pouring all that stuff on your street. Huh. Okay. All right. Uh, thanks, Steve. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I had no idea. I mean, I don't want to get any, anybody in any trouble over it, least of all the trash truck driver. I mean, you know, he's not doing it on purpose. Because <laughs> that's a job we all want, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, I'd, I, yeah, I'd rather not encourage more people not to do that for a living. But, um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't think there's any malice in it. But if you're the one who's living in the neighborhood, I mean, maybe the solution is just to get the street cleaners out there more often. And I don't know whose responsibility it is. If it's the city's job to be inspecting those trucks, then that's where the that's where the gap is. Yep. Is that the the trucks were, or they missed one, or you know, it's a lot of trucks in the city, and that you know, it's it's you can see how they miss one. Now they just kind of figure out which one it is and what the problem is. Exactly. Yeah, you can see the annoyance on all sides, without doubt. Absolutely. Okay. Thanks to everybody for getting in here. We appreciate it. Um. Okay, next conversation will explain John's absence next week. And it's it, it's based on a conversation that we were having off the air a little bit yesterday about a question you're getting a lot and the dread in responding to it. Yeah, it's funny because, I mean, I, uh, like most of us these days, I guess, I live my life online in addition to doing this, which, mm -hmm. I mean, here we are every day talking about everything going on with us. And as much as I, you know, I, I like to talk about things that happen much more than I like talking about me, but I've always said I'm an open book. So if anybody has any questions for me, I'm okay answering that stuff and you'll always get a straight and honest answer out of me. So 
um, you know, in making some online posts, and we've talked, we've mentioned it kind of in passing here a little bit about me being on a liquid diet for the time being. Today is actually the worst day of it because today I can have nothing but clear liquid, which means even the protein drinks and the yogurt, that's out the window. <laughs> I've had nothing today but really iced tea and this big cup of water I got with me right now. Home stretch. So, yeah, exactly. And, and so uh, tomorrow I'll be out, and then all next week I'll be out. Because uh, I'm having what they now euphemistically refer to as bariatric surgery. It's what they used to call in the 80s stomach stapling. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, yeah, it's it's a gastric surgery, and it's for weight loss. Um, because I have been struggling with that my entire life, since I was like eight, okay? Um, and, and been back and forth and, you know, all of the stuff that always comes up about, oh, you know, why don't you, it's diet and exercise. Yeah, it's diet and exercise until you stop. And then all of a sudden you're 250 pounds again. So, uh, you know, I, I did a lot of research into this and I talked to the doctors that are going to be doing the surgery on me tomorrow and all of this. And yeah, it's a slog to get there. And it's even more of a slog, I'm assuming afterwards, because there are some restrictions that eventually do fall away. You know, there's some things that you can't eat for a while, but eventually those restrictions go away and you're, and you're back to some semblance of normal. But the whole idea is to kind of try to do better. And, and I've learned a lot just over the last couple of months in getting ready for all of this about what I was doing wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but the great part about it is, and, and the doctor that I'm using um, when we had our first conversations about this was so completely non-judgmental and totally mm-hmm. clinical I mean, he's a, he's a good guy anyway, but but he was so clinical about it that it, there was no, well, you know, you shouldn't have done this your entire life. And I was like, yeah, I know, dummy. <laughs> you know, I'm not I'm not stupid. I know what I should eat and what I shouldn't eat, but sometimes food's really good. Right. And, right. And so what's the funny part about it is in, in making and the reason that I bring this up is in making some of these comments online about, you know, here I am, day five of the liquid diet. Oh boy, you know, is that um I, I do that stuff, you know, in a way for comedic effect, but sort of to keep everybody apprised of what's going on. And everybody, almost to a man or woman, who's found out why I'm doing all of this, you know, the, the, this is all leading up to this gastric surgery. They all keep asking me, why are you doing that? And and I get it. I mean, I get the curiosity, and it's not – I don't consider it, like, to be an invasion. You know, if, if I considered that stuff an invasion of privacy, I never would have mentioned any of it. Yeah, but I don't care about that. That stuff doesn't bother me. I, you know, in in terms of people asking intrusive questions, I like that. It gives me a chance to talk about my favorite subject, me. So, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that's fine. It's just it's such a weird question, and it's it's everybody. And I think it's because people don't know what to say or what to ask. You know, they're just like, "Why are you doing that?" Well, because I'm fat, duh. So here's what I said to you off the air about it, um, was that I think, first of all, um, you have alluded to this on the air, but I've only, I only recall you, you mentioning it once because it caught my ear and I said, you're doing what? Uh Like, I I, I didn't know you were even thinking about it. Um, I'm going to give people the benefit of the doubt a little bit and then I'm going to take it back, but I'll give people the benefit (laughs) of the doubt in that I think a little bit of it comes from perhaps our lack of information mm-hmm. about bariatric surgery and who gets it. And I okay. think our perception is that the only people that get surgery for weight loss are people that are 500 pounds, people that are the, morbidly obese, right. which you are not. I think somebody looks at you and says, why would you 
why do you feel like you need to lose weight? Because you're you're not that size. Okay, and well, then that's fair. Um, they, you know, that's interesting because I was kind of thinking about this a little bit this morning that I think um, there's a great line in the song Pepper by Butthole Surfers, which is weird, but uh, you know, the line is you never know just how you look through other people's eyes. And I think there's some of that. That was more of a philosophical thing in the song, but there's some truth to that, that uh, in the same way with a lot of people, you'll hear, uh, oh, I, I don't I don't ever like to hear my voice on a recording mm-hmm. because to your ear, you sound different than you do inside your head. Right. And and the rest of us look at you and go, well, that's what you sound like all the time. It doesn't sound mm-hmm. any different. Well, it's the same thing. You ever see a picture of yourself and go, God, I look like that. <laughs> right. It's that same deal. So, you know, I know what I look like in the mirror, but sometimes I'll see photographs of me and go, who is that dude? Um, there's that, it's called dysmorphia. It's like body mm-hmm. dysmorphia. It's the same thing that leads to things like um, anorexia and bulimia mm-hmm. and, and some eating disorder. I don't have that, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm not comparing myself to people who do. I'm just saying that's it's that same thing that you see yourself in the mirror, you see yourself in the reflection on, on the glass door of the building or whatever, and you think you look a certain way, but then you find out you don't. Um, that, you know, maybe there is some of that, but if you're dissatisfied with the way that you look, you know, I'm not doing this for anybody but me. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I've always been dissatisfied with the way that I look. And, and yeah, I've lost a lot of weight before. And yeah, you know, two months later, it was all back. I, I've done the whole bit. I, I know how it goes. But, um, but yeah, I, I thank you for saying that, by the way. That, that you know, people don't look it's at me true. and go, look at that big, huge fat guy. <laughs> Quite <laughs> frankly, it's nice to hear. But I didn't say this to you because it's not my place. In, in fact, this is this was the other part of what I was going to say is that. As a, as a woman that gets a lot of personal questions that are no one's business, mm-hmm. but they feel like they can ask because we do this. Sure. A little bit of me was annoyed that you were getting that question so much because how we feel about how we look, and I say this as someone who has lost weight, is so deeply personal. Yeah. It's just one of the most personal things that we have is how we feel about how we look. And I, and I get a little perhaps defensive of you and that people just felt like it was okay to ask. Like, well, because you want to. Well, and I, I hope, and, and and thanks for that too, even though you know, I hope that they felt that comfortable asking that question because they know me. You right. know, they, that they and know you offered that, it. Right, you... that, that I'm that I'm not gonna be put off by that or or, or offended by it or uh God, there's gotta be a better word for that. Um that it's not going to irritate me or that I'll feel like it's an invasion for them to ask. Because like I said, I wouldn't have said anything about it if I didn't want them to know. Um, but I, uh, you're right. It, it is a personal thing. And I, I mean, I could explain to you, I could try anyway to explain to you chapter and verse of what I've thought of myself over the years physically, but it really doesn't matter. You know, like you said, it, it doesn't matter what other people think when they look at you, and it doesn't matter. The only thing that you have to be able to do is assimilate it into your own view of yourself. Mm-hmm. And and I I know there are other avenues, and there are a hundred other things that I've tried, like everybody else who struggles with their weight. There's a hundred other things that I've tried, and I know where they end. You know, as soon as you stop doing whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's, you know, low carb, the Atkins thing or the South Beach thing, as soon as you have a pizza, you're right back to where you were. Right. And I can't do that anymore. I'm, I'm at an age now where I can't see the rest of my life going through that same process over and over and over again. So this is the way that I see of getting out of it. 
Um, so when I lost weight several years ago, the thing that made me finally decide to do it was I realized that I was taking all these really big trips and had no pictures of me to show for it because I didn't want those pictures. Mm -hmm. And it, it was just that moment where you're like, well, that's ridiculous, you know? And so either, <laughs> right. either become more comfortable taking those pictures or fix the reason that you're not okay. Yeah. Was there like a click of a moment for you where you said, okay, now this is what we're doing? Um, there were a lot of them. Um, yeah, was, was there one moment where I saw that picture or looked in the mirror or saw myself sideways and went, ah, oh, that's it. I've got to get this under control. Not really. Um, but but it's been building for so long. I mean, I, I was talking to a friend of mine about this the other day, and I said, you know, I, I distinctly remember being a little kid. And when I was seven years old, mom would take me to Penny's and we would get Slim's. And when I was nine, she would take me to Penny's and we would get Huskies. Okay. Mm -hmm. It happened in that two-year period, and it happened yeah. that fast. And it's never been an easy road for me since I was fat through high school. I was, you know, through college and again, up and down over the years, uh, sometimes thinner than others, but never even looking back at it now, never since I was nine years old, was I ever at a point where I went, yep, this is where I need to be. Can I ask why you, cause you wrote on our sheet, the quest, it's the question you had been dreading for the last two weeks. That, that question of why are you doing this? Because why I, do you, why did you dread it? Because it, it just kept happening over and over again. Yeah. And it was the same thing. And there really is only one answer. It was the most obvious question in the world. It's like, why are you doing this? Why does anybody, does anybody do, do it? There's yeah. only one reason you do this. So right. even though I know in, in, in the people who are asking are asking out of concern for me. So mm -hmm. like I said, I don't think it makes them bad people. Right. But it just, it was amazing to me how often I was asked exactly that question. And it's like, uh, seriously? <laughs> do, mm -hmm. do you not know what it, what it means, what it does to you when you do this surgery? So, but that's it. And that's that's where I'm going to be for the next week or so is just kind of recovering from that. And uh, and after that, you know, we'll see. I, the doctor that I talked to had some pronouncements to make about what I could expect because I asked mm -hmm. him, I was like, what can I reasonably expect out of this? Yeah. Uh, and his answer was 100 pounds. Okay. And that, from the day that I started, would put me exactly where I want to be. By when? Like, what's the timeline? In a year. Okay. Okay. I mean, that's not unre That's not unhealthy. 100 pounds in a year is yeah. not. No. And and what he told me was, a lot of it's going to come off initially. I mean, even the prep that I'm doing right now, I've taken off 25 pounds without yeah. having the surgery. You know, yeah. but but could I live like this for the rest of my life, eating and you know the the way that? No. <laughs> I know that. I know that about me. I wouldn't. What's the recovery like? Surgery's tomorrow. Surgery's tomorrow. You're out uh, next week. I'll be in, yeah, I'll be in the hospital, I think they said for a day, maybe two, but most people it's a day. And then after that, I'll be, yeah, I'll, I'll just be kind of in bed for most of next week, probably. And then with any luck, even with the dietary restrictions ongoing and all that stuff, uh, I should be back up and around and, and easily able to do the show the week after that. So it'll be a week from Monday is when I'm planning to come back. Okay. Well, we'll. I assume you'll post updates. We'll check yeah. in. Yeah. Oh, we'll, yeah. Definitely. We'll ask. We'll. We'll definitely check in. I will in, be all over social. I'll have nothing else to do. It'll be my only connection to you. <laughs> so so. When, people, when people ask me where did he go, who didn't hear the last ten minutes, we'll just we'll give the short answer and then say look at Facebook. You know, oh, and and let me one one more quick thing. Um, it just so happened, you know, with all the buying and selling stuff I do on Marketplace, that I I sold an amp to a guy uh, who came over to the house to test it out and all that stuff uh, a couple of weeks ago. And he was a, a real tall, he's like 6'5 or 6'6, six, six, uh, tall, skinny guy. And and we got to talking as musicians do. And he happened to mention to me that he had this same surgery a year ago. Okay. And was over 300 pounds at the time. 
And I looked at him, and, and I couldn't believe it. I was like, "There's, mm-hmm. I can't believe that that's where you were that short a period of time ago. Because he didn't walk up and look sickly or to me like somebody who would just automatically it just dropped a lot of weight very quickly. Sometimes yeah. you can see that. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it helped a lot. And he's he's been a big help. <clears throat> Well, thanks to everybody who's you're getting a lot of love on the text line here. So for and once. a lot of people <laughs> right, thank right. you for that. Yeah, really. But a lot of people also relating to it about that struggle. And if you've never Oh, it sucks. Feel lucky if you've never had to have that struggle, oh, man, because yeah. it's it's with you forever. Without so. doubt. Yeah. All right. Um, well, thanks for sharing the story and thanks for everybody for their concern. Um, but that explains the absence here for a bit. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll take a break. We'll wrap the show next on KMBZ. The latest on the story that is captivating the nation, are they or aren't they? (laughs) Uh, Travis Kelsey addressed it himself. Finally, um, he was on yet another show and was asked about it. He didn't say a lot, um, but I I keep saying like, so the meme is out. In fact, I think I saw this on Scott's page too about the uh, Travis Kelsey pointing to the box and talking to Mahomes and saying, that's where Taylor will be is next to Brittany. That's kind of what he said. (laughs) He said, I threw the ball in her court and told her, I've seen you rock the stage at Arrowhead. You might have to come see me rock the stage at Arrowhead and see which one's a little more lit. Ooh. We'll see what happens in the near future. I love this, that that her response to this, because she also, through her people, is now kind of responding to this as well because she can't not, right? Yeah. I mean, Taylor Swift, everything that she is revolves around people you know, looking at her and watching every move. So here comes, and she has responded by saying, hey, you know, her, her people told Messenger that they've hung out a couple of times and that she thinks he's, quote, charming and would love to continue uh, uh, seeing her. Uh, yes. Or that yeah. Travis would love to continue seeing her, yeah. I like that it's put that way, that he'd like to continue seeing her. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) It's not going from her direction. Uh Uh-huh. Well, you can't, right, you can't get too close. If you're Taylor Swift and you've got all those, uh, you know, 12-year-old fans out there, you can't get too close to saying, oh, yeah, she's totally head over heels for Travis Kelsey, especially given the past. Should I be reading into the wording of what she said? I mean, allow me to for a moment. Sure. She and Travis have hung out twice. Uh Uh-huh. Well, did they go out on dates? Like, what do you mean they hung out? Well, and, and not only did she say that, she said she and Travis have hung out twice and it's nothing serious. Well, after two times, no. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, right. Um, of course. And, and then the, the rep went on to say she thinks he's very charming and they've been texting this last week. He's a little embarrassed at how much attention they're getting, <laughs> but he has told her that they would love to that he would love to continue seeing her. So that's the full quote out of that. Is he really embarrassed at how much? He's not afraid of attention. Is he really embarrassed at how much attention they're getting? No, I think he's loving it, actually. I think he's doing just fine. He's probably going, that's right. Uh Uh-huh. Taylor Swift. We're hanging out. Absolutely. Again, what do you think when you make a play for arguably the most, one of the most famous female musicians in in the world? What do you think is going to happen? Right. Right. Yeah, so. Somebody somebody on the text line said he's too spicy for her. <laughs> I don't um, know what that means exactly, but sure. Okay. So we'll see. Again, I'll believe it when she shows up at a Chiefs game. Definitely. Then we'll, because there will no doubt. Oh, we have audio of this, Colin. Ooh, Fantastic. Let's hit it. It's fun. It's it's hilarious how much traction this has actually got. Um, I think it's right now it's like, uh, it's like that old uh, game in school called telephone where everybody's just whispering in each other's ear, just hearing some random stuff. And then, and then you got, you know, 
especially if no one actually knows what's going on, but especially when you got Jason Kelsey on live television telling people just both sides. He doesn't know. It's true. It's this and that. He goes on Thursday night football, gets a big dub, gets asked about it by my guy, Tony Gonzalez, because his daughter had to know. And he tells everybody first, the first thing he brings up is the catching Kelsey, who I thought everybody got rid of that. Like, <laughs> no, a lot of those. Hey, I I just, I've over. seen a lot of those Good videos. You did great. You did yeah, great. He's been great having TV. a whole lot of fun since then. Yeah. And he's still having fun. And then not even a week later, tell everybody that it's 100% true. I mean, the guy. <laughs> so he's even taking shots at his brother. That's great. By the way, there's a football game this weekend. <laughs> Let's oh, yeah. not forget, like there's still a football game on Sunday. Chicago, so. right? Yeah, and it's and it's here in town. It'll be and it's a late afternoon game. So three twenty five kickoff for the Chiefs against the Bears. I believe that's right. Yeah, I'll I'll be hearing from family about this one. Just like when they play Denver, I usually hear about that. But yes, I'll be hearing from family <laughs> about the about the Bears game. So yeah, and so that's that's where we are with that. There's your so, latest out of trailer, if that's um, what we're calling them. I don't know why. I know. I know Scott was tossing around ideas too yesterday. I don't. I don't like anything I've heard yet. There's there's not a version of that that I'm, I'm like jumping about. So, um, all right, you are sticking around for Dana's out again today. So yes. you are, you are with Parks today. Uh, you um, one more hour you can squeeze out of me before I'm out of here for a while. So I'll see you a week from Monday. I will. Yeah, and we'll we'll keep in touch so that we know how things are going. For so, sure. All right, we'll turn this over to you and Parks, and I'll be back tomorrow on KMBZ. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.